Welcome to Chapter 3 of HealthSystemCIO.com's interview with Fernando Martinez, CIO at Parkland Hospital and Health System. In this segment, Martinez talks about what it was like joining an all-interim executive team, why it's critical for CIOs to have both business and IT acumen, and how he has benefited from his diverse career background. Talking a little bit about you and your career path, you came to Parkland as a, as an interim CIO uh, a couple of years ago? That's right. Okay. Um, now, uh, as far as, as that situation, was it something where it was interim with possibility to become this, the, uh, the permanent CIO? Or uh, like how, did, how did you kind of enter that, uh, enter the position? Well, um, the, the way I... I I was approached. Uh, I was working with uh, with Ralph Fargnoli at Beacon Partners uh, at the time, and the the individual who was the CFO here, the interim CFO at that time. In fact, all of the members of the executive office were interim at that point. Um, he actually contacted me because he and I had worked together um, at a at another large public uh, hospital academic health system, the Jackson Health System in Miami. He and I had worked there together, and some of the challenges and, quite honestly, some of the successes that we had um, at Jackson uh, were very relevant to the challenges that were going on here, and the, and the CIO position was open. So in, in part because they were recruiting and trying to find candidates to uh, convince them to apply for the position, um, he contacted me and, and said, would you, you know, we'd like to uh, hire Beacon Partners to come in and uh, provide some consulting around the IT organization. And so even though I wasn't working as a consultant at the time, I was really working for Ralph Hargnoli as, a, as, a, as an extension of his office as a goodwill ambassador, or, you know, an industry spokesperson, thought leader, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, you know, I did agree, and Ralph consented to have me come here. Um, initially, honestly, this was not a very attractive uh, – I really wasn't looking for a CIO job, and to be very honest with you, having lived in South Florida on the edge of the ocean and, and cut my teeth fishing and spear fishing and, and all of these things related to the ocean and outdoors, the idea of being in a city landlocked in the middle of a state, I mean, that wasn't really a, an appealing thing to me. Right. But, um, you know, once I arrived here uh, and, and genuinely with goodwill and in, intending in to help, uh, you know, this former colleague of mine and the organization evolve, and I wanted to try to help them in terms of recruiting an appropriate person and all of that. It eventually turned into an opportunity that I wanted to pursue. And um, all of the things that you've already discussed with me and others, including the quality of the workforce, you know, the, the wonderful community that Dallas is and, and the wonderful individuals that comprise our community, um, this just became something that I thought uh, would be an, an amazing career opportunity. So I went ahead and, uh, and went through the process and competed for the position, and ultimately I was selected, which I was thrilled uh, to be selected, and I'm thrilled to be here to this day. Okay, that's great. Did you find it uh, challenging to be the interim CIO um, just as far as, you know, maybe getting to know the staff and, and, and establishing yourself, or was it not that much of a challenge because, as you said, there were several other uh, interim leaders? Well, you know, I never approach any job as interim anything, even when it is interim. You know, from the day I walked in the door, um, I treated this as if it was my permanent long-term job. I think that's the only way to conscientiously do that. 
Um, there, there were a lot of challenges, uh, more than I care to, uh, to itemize or enumerate at this point. But, um, you know, I was very happy to be involved in it. Uh, I've always I've prided myself on being an individual who really understands healthcare. I spent the first 20 some odd years of my career working on the business side of healthcare, not in IT, uh, you know, running clinics and admitting offices and patient accounts and physician practices. So I worked on the business end of healthcare for many years, and as a result, I really um, understand and am very comfortable in, in the healthcare space, even as an IT leader, understanding the business processes. And having had the experience, uh, you know, I worked for a medical school environment for 17 years of my career, so medical schools and teaching hospitals are something that I know very well as well. So th there's a lot of things that, that position me very uniquely to address some of the challenges that the organization had without a big learning curve. And so it, it was very challenging in that, you know, it is, it is a, a complex and large health system with many, many dynamics. Having a completely uh, interim executive office is in, a, is in and of itself a very challenging thing. Uh, yeah. But nevertheless, uh, you know, very satisfying and it, it was tough work and it's still tough work, but I'm very happy to be here. Yeah. And you've uh, you've adjusted to, to, to living in the area, and I, I know what you mean by landlocked. I'm uh, from New Jersey, so I, I would I would have that same reaction. Yeah, I, ha I think I have adjusted, and the truth is that I already have the bumper sticker that says I wasn't born here, but I got here as quick as I could. <laughs> um, I think Texas in general, but certainly Dallas in particular, um, has a way of um, of really drawing you in. This is an amazing community, very rich. Um, in the quality of the people and, and the lifestyle. Um, it's, it's incredibly progressive in many regards, and, and it's very quaint and, and um, old-fashioned in many regards. Uh, you, you see everything from, you know, the old world cowboy culture, uh, you know, with, uh, with uh, you know, the stockyards in Fort Worth where, they used to instill buy and sell cattle and rodeos and things like that. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have really sophisticated uh, uh, opera and symphonies and all of these artists. And this is a great center for music and just overall cultural arts is, is fantastic. Downtown Dallas is, is really amazing. So, I mean, you get to see it all. I've adapted. I, I love it here. Um, you know, I, I still, of course, uh, routinely go to South Florida. Uh, my family, the majority of my family is still in South Florida. My wife lives here with me, of course. But, um, you know, our kids and grandkids, everybody's in Miami. So we go back and forth. I still get enough of the ocean, so I don't feel like I'm completely removed from it. But, uh, right. but I've, got, I've, I've adapted. It's wonderful here. Okay. One of the, uh, the, the last things I wanted to talk was just about uh, – leadership and, and, you know, the type of philosophy you have. And I, I wanted to also to, to talk about uh, the importance of having that, like, business acumen as well as the IT competence and, and why, why a CIO needs to have both in, this, uh, in the industry right now. In my experience, I think CIOs are kind of polarized in, in, uh, in this regard. CIOs that came up through the ranks um, as administrators without technical acumen tend to regard the technical acumen as a, a minor or trivial thing. Um, I, I think that 
CIOs for really large organizations, uh, which by definition have very uh, structured organizations that have very capable number two individuals that are chief technology officers or that are providing technology strategy. Um, they're right in saying that. They're right in saying that technical acumen is not really all that important um, because they certainly have the people in place to help them achieve that. I think as you go to smaller organizations, uh, CIOs certainly need to have the, the technical acumen in order to make the, the good technical decisions. Uh, so much of, uh, of our spend in healthcare is directed at technology. Uh, the better, my personal opinion is that the better technically aware the CIO is, the, the, the higher the quality of the technical decisions. And, and there are organizations, uh, I think uh, MIT, for example, uh, has a very, a very well-built uh, think tank, and, uh, and, and I'm, sure that, uh, I'm sure that I'm probably going to misrepresent their position, but I've always read and interpreted their work as the fact that organizations that are really high technology adopters tend to outperform organizations that are not, and I'm inclined to believe that that's true. I do believe that it's really important to have, uh, first and foremost, the healthcare business acumen. Without it, uh, a CIO simply cannot be effective. There was a time when CIOs really didn't need to know much about revenue cycle or didn't need to know much about clinical systems because the, the role of, of IT was more of a support role. But, you know, we now find in organizations like Gartner and Forrester, they, they've all published um, many um, uh, documents that support the notion that CIOs went from being very isolated, uh, independent positions to being uh, – positions that in many organizations are elevated to uh, the executive office level and they are very active participants in the overall strategic management of the organization, given that technology is such a critical component and enabler of how healthcare works today. I, I don't see that trend abating. In fact, I, I see that trend growing. And in fact, I think CIOs that don't have the business acumen will slowly get get basically uh, shoved out of the business in favor of individuals that do because it's so important to be able to support the business and to be the thought leader and the business enabler through technology for the organization. The, you know, the well-worn cliches about how important it is to, to um, align IT strategy with organizational strategy, it's, it's incredibly important to be able to do that. Um, but I tell you, I think that having the technical acumen can be a, a real differentiator between organizations, the ability to recruit talented technical people. Um, a lot of technical people are very choosy about where they go to work. If they're going to work for someone that has no clue about technology, then they know that it may be an uphill battle to, to uh, be able to grow themselves as, uh, as, as technical people if they don't have leadership that believes and understands in the value of technology. So I think that there's a lot of reasons why the CIO of the future has to be well-versed in technology, but certainly paramount is that they have the right business acumen. Right. It's interesting. There's a, there are a lot of different paths that uh, various CIOs have taken to, to get to the position. And for you, having, uh, among other things, the experience as a CTO and CSO 
I'm, I can imagine that's something that's really uh, benefited you. It has benefited me, and, and, uh, I, and I'll say somewhat comically that it's been a, a real pain in the neck to some of the people that, that ended up having to work for me because um, it, it, is, it is unusual to have a, a CIO that can, that can uh, talk about security and be involved in security and has the background in security that I do or that, or that has worked as a CTO and been responsible for developing technical strategy. So it does it does create an interesting situation, and honestly, I, I also have the additional benefit that you know part of my personal passion is built around education, and uh, and I have been an educator for for the bulk of my career, but but I've certainly over the last ten or twelve years I've been exclusively teaching in graduate school programs, whether they be uh, executive MBA programs or uh, healthcare MBA programs or master's programs in health services administration, being a teacher forces you to stay current. And so it's, it's been a great benefit to me that, uh, you know, once or twice a year um, I'll teach classes. And as a result, it, it forces me, as I teach the next generation of leaders, it forces me to be very current and very up to date uh, in order to um, keep up with them because uh, students are very challenging these days. A lot of our, a lot of uh, healthcare executives and professionals are going back to school pursuing advanced degrees, and so that that's been another wonderful thing for me. So I, I think in 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 having that combination of experiences and and personal interests, uh, it certainly has made it interesting and unique for me. Yeah, that's uh, that's a great point. I, I think that that I, I'm sure that that definitely does give you an interesting perspective. Being involved in education and uh, like you said, that they that the pressure is on you. You have to you have to know your stuff and you have to stay current. Absolutely, because you sure get challenged. I get challenged every time. I'm sure. <laughs> All right. Well, we've uh, we've covered a lot. I think uh, we covered the main points I wanted to uh, to touch on. Um, I don't know if there's anything I'm, I'm leaving out, but I definitely do want to check back with you uh, soon to talk about uh, the replacement hospital. That's that's a very exciting thing and. And I'm sure that there'll be other you'll you'll have other projects to talk about as well. Absolutely, I would look forward to that and would enjoy it, Kate. All right, great. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I know you have a lot going on, so uh, we definitely appreciate you taking the time. It's my great pleasure. All right. Um, well, uh, best of luck to you, and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks. Have a great afternoon. Thanks. You too. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.